0: In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast. Out of a love for our neighbors and a concern for the most vulnerable among us, and to ease the burden on the healthcare workers in our community, we are continuing to suspend in person worship services and instead are worshiping via podcast. This is the second week of Advent. Advent is the four week period leading up to Christmas morning. Uh, It is the four Sundays before that. And this week is the week of peace. And as we think about peace, we look at the world around us that has had such disagreements, such trial and testing over the past few months. And this morning, as we sing, as we pray, as we proclaim God's word, we're going to consider what it is for the peace of God and Jesus Christ to come into our world. What is this peace that we're looking for? What is this peace that we're hoping for? Because it's found only in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Just a few notes for you. Uh, If you are listening to this before 11.30 a.m. on December the 6th, 2020, and that is 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, we are going to be having our Zoom Coffee Hour, and there will be uh, three things that that might be of, of interest for you on the Zoom Coffee Hour. One is we will be celebrating the Lord's Table. Two is we are going to be ha- we are going to have a special guest missionary named Ray Schellinger who will come to tell us about the ministry and mission that he's involved in through the American Baptist International Missions. And at the end at 1230, we will be calling the church to order so that we can uh, confirm Diane Weidkamp as a member of our church. Uh, That will take five minutes and we'll begin that at 1230. Uh, So if you are listening again before 1130 a.m. on the 6th of December, 2020 at 1130 a.m. Pacific time, I keep leaving that part out. Um, You are welcome to join us via Zoom. Just email baptist.church at comcast.net and we'll be happy to send you uh, the Zoom link so that you can be involved with that. Two other items of note. Next Sunday in that very same Zoom coffee hour time. So this will be December the 13th at 1130 a.m. Pacific time. I remembered at that time. We will be having our cookie exchange live over Zoom. Um, If you, this is the last call, today is the last day for you to send in your cookie recipes to baptist.church at comcast.net. And we will put them together and email those out early this week so that you can get to baking. Bring your cookies, bring your cow milk, almond milk, coffee apple juice, whatever it is you like to drink with cookies. I don't know why you would want apple juice with cookies, but well, to each their own. And and, uh, join us on Zoom as we fellowship together and share cookie recipes with one another. And then on the 20th of December at uh, 11.30 a.m. at our church on the 9th Street uh, side of our church, we will be having curbside communion. Uh, and more about that in the weeks to come. We are glad that you are worshiping with us, and we pray that wherever you are, uh, whether you are listening to us on a Sunday morning or a Tuesday afternoon, whether you're at home or driving somewhere, we pray that you would have a sense of the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the presence of our Lord that comes to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: God, Lord of everything, you're Emmanuel, you're the great I am, you're the Prince of Peace, who is the Lamb, you're the Living God, you're my saving grace, you will reign forever, you are Ancient of Days, you are Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, you're my Savior, Messiah, Redeemer, and friend, you're my Prince of Peace, and I will live my life for you. Redeemer and friend. friend you're my prince of peace and I will live my life for you you're my prince of peace and I will live my
2: Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, we bow before you and recognize you as Lord of our lives. As we continue into the second week of Advent, we acknowledge that you came to bring peace into the world. As the prophet Isaiah prophesied about your coming, he said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Lord, in a season when every heart should be happy and light, many of us are struggling with the heaviness of life. Burdens that steal the joy right out of our stockings. Tragedies as innocent victims suffer, and an inner voice whispers, Be afraid. We need your peace, Jesus. We confess that our hearts are too often filled with wonder of a different kind. Wondering when the bills will be paid, when the terror will stop, when rest will come. Will it ever? Is a message still true? In a world where worry, not peace, prevails, stir up that good news again. This Advent, make it real in our hearts. Never have we needed your joy and peace more than now. Thank you for the gift of Jesus, our Emmanuel. The Word made flesh. We not only need your peace and joy, Lord, we crave it. You've promised rest for the weary, victory for the battle-scarred, peace for the anxious, and acceptance for the broken-hearted, not just at Advent, but every day of every year. Your name is still called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We know that peace on earth can only come when hearts find peace with you. You are still our joy. You are still our peace. You are no longer a babe in the manger. You are Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and we still celebrate you as Lord this Christmas. And always, Lord, we lift up to you the many prayer requests we have. I especially lift up Sherry and Richard Secor and their daughter Stacy. Be with them as they wrap their hearts and minds around the news that their daughter um, has cancer. Be with Stacy as she faces this possibility. Be with Sherry and Richard, Dick and Brenda, and the rest of the family as they seek your guidance as to what needs to be done. Surround them with your love and give them peace and comfort during this trying time. Be with Stacy as she faces this illness. And if there is pain, please ease it. Let her feel your love for her so she knows that you care for her. Be with the doctors as they figure out what needs to be done. All those who are involved, let them put their faith and trust in you during this moment. Difficult time. There are other prayer requests we lift to you. You know all the details. Be with those who are recovering from COVID. The healing process has begun and will continue, and you will continue to heal. You already know how you will answer the requests. We humbly ask that your will be done. Help us to accept your will because you have said, My will is perfect. Be with our young church, you know their requests. My prayer for them is that they follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Be with our pastor today as he brings a message on peace. May his words be the words you want us to hear. May the podcast be a blessing to all that hear. This week may we reflect that you are the Prince of Peace. And as you told your disciples, peace I live with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. He does the same today for each of us who place our faith and trust in Him. In your precious name I pray. Amen.
1: There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But the bells are ringing. Like a choir they're singing blind Of peace on earth, goodwill to men And the bells are ringing Peace on earth, like a choir they're singing the Lord. I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his faithful people. But let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely his salvation is nearer to those who fear him, so our land will be filled with his glory.
2: I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift of the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid.
3: Open the gates to all who are righteous, allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you.
0: Now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us, he united jews and gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us
2: unfailing love and truth have met together righteousness and peace have kissed truth springs up from the earth and righteousness smiles down from heaven yes the lord pours down his blessings our land will yield its bountiful harvest righteousness go is as a herald before him, preparing the way for his steps.
0: Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one
3: body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future.
0: There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all.
1: Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. He brings it down to the dust. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot,
3: and the needy walk all over it. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands.
4: I am leaving
2: you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is
0: a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Live in harmony with each other. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone.
2: How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel brings.
3: Lord, you will grant us peace. All we have accomplished is really from you. Since
2: we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us.
1: O Lord our God, others have ruled us, but you alone are the one we worship. Because of our faith,
2: Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look
4: forward to sharing God's glory.
3: You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God.
0: Our scripture for the morning comes to us from the book of Isaiah, chapter nine, verses one through seven. And this is a passage that we commonly associate with uh, this time of year. And I, I think it's good for us to look at these passages, even if we've, we've read them and heard them time and again, um, it's always good to have another look at them through the Holy Spirit. So here is Isaiah chapter nine, verses one through seven, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd like to begin this morning by asking you to do do something uh, maybe a little weird with me. And if you're listening to this while you are driving or operating a forklift or something like that, um, please don't maybe wait to do this until you're not operating heavy machinery. Uh, But I'd like to invite you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine peace. I want you to consider what peace looks like for you. There's there's no wrong way for you to do this. Maybe it's a, a place where you feel at peace. Maybe it is the presence of another person that makes you feel peaceful? I just want you to consider for a moment and hold this image in your your mind of what peace looks like for you. And you can open your eyes. When we think about peace, when when we talk about peace, when it comes up, in our day-to-day conversations and vocabulary and everything like that. We, we have lots of different concepts of what peace is and what peace looks like. Uh, it was in the 60s that uh, John Lennon or the, the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s that John Lennon wrote a song that said, all we are saying is give peace a chance you know, we've, we've heard the song this morning that says, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Um, we, we, hear, we hear this in the refrain of the angels at the birth of Jesus, or, or we will in a, in a few weeks when we get to Christmas time. But peace brings up a lot of different ideas for it, doesn't it? And when I close my eyes, I was taken to something that I do occasionally when I'm hiking is if, if Katie and I are on a trail and there's no one else around and it's a really quiet morning, um, I'll stop. And just like I did, just like we all did a minute ago, I'll, I'll close my eyes and I'll just take a deep breath and listen for what I can hear in the forest, whether it's birds or, uh, animals scurrying around or uh, our dogs sniffing at my feet. I'll just pay attention to what's going on in and around me in the quiet of the, the, the forest or, or, or river or wherever we're hiking. Um, and that makes me feel peaceful. We all have this idea of peace. We, there's, a, there's an old trope in movies where there are beauty contests or things like that where they ask the contestants you know what what would you like to see happen and they say world peace we've all got a a different idea of what that looks like though you know for some people it means an end to violence for some people it means people who disagree with each other getting along Um, for other people it It looks like finally finding a way to to reconcile with their own selves. And these are all little images of peace. As we kind of started talking about last week, we have these signposts in our world. We have these these little glimpses of something greater. We have these little brief, images, they're they're brief and they're imperfect, and they're not supposed to be, you know, entirely correct or, or, or anything like that. They're just glimpses of something that we're longing for. And if it's something that we're longing for, it means that we have this idea that there's more to come. And that was true with hope last week. And that's true with peace this week when we think about the topic of peace, and when we think about what peace is, we know that the Bible is very interested in peace, that there are lots of passages that we can draw from um, that discuss peace and what peace really is. And we, we used some of those in our creative scripture reading a moment ago. Peace, Uh, just kind of a a working definition for peace as we go on this morning, would be the presence of a right relationship between God and us, between us and other people, or us and ourselves. It's the presence of a right relationship. Peace can't simply be the absence of conflict because if you've ever been in a friendship or a relationship or a marriage where you have had a fight, but rather than working things out, you just agree to drop it and not talk about it anymore, that, that conflict is still there at some level under the surface. Maybe it's, it's just barely underneath the, underneath the surface. Maybe it's buried down a few levels um, and, and becomes this ongoing source of pain and more conflict. But it's still there. And so peace can't be the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of peace. And I, I know that's redundant and, and circular and you can't define a word using the word, but peace is the presence of something. And if you've, if you've been in the church, in, in any church long enough, you've probably heard the word shalom. And it is the Hebrew word for peace, but it's not just the absence of conflict. It is the presence of right relationships. We have a right relationship with God. We have a right relationship with things that are other than ourselves and we have a right relationship with ourselves. And when all three of those dimensions are right, we experience peace as individuals. It's easy to focus on inner peace or or peace just as individuals because I control myself. I I am responsible for me and I can work on how I feel about myself and how I feel towards other people. Where peace gets messy is when we start talking about our peace with God, because God loves us unconditionally and God wants us to follow him. And sometimes God's priorities for us look different than our priorities for ourselves. And so we have to wrestle with that. And it gets really messy when it comes to us and other people, doesn't it? Because I can't control anybody else but me. I can make suggestions whether they're helpful or unhelpful, received well or not received well. I can can offer suggestions and unsolicited advice, but I can't control anybody else but me. And so when we're making peace with somebody else, it means extending peace to another person and working on where that conflict is or where that difference is between me and somebody else and this other person and me. What we also have to consider though, is we don't exist as as brains in jars. We don't exist as, as spirits that just kind of float through our world. We are our physical, fleshy material, we are matter. We are corporeal. There's a nice word. We are beings and we exist not in a vacuum, not in a bubble. It may feel like it sometimes right now, uh, but we exist in a physical world that God created. What do we do with this larger idea of peace? Because We're part of a church and within the church, we need to have the peace of Christ. The church needs to be proclaiming the peace of Christ into the neighborhood, into the community that surrounds it. And God's church worldwide needs to embrace peace for the whole world. How do we do that? What does this mean? Well, it means that we have to recognize that peace has outward consequences just besides our personal relationships. When we look at the scripture passage this morning, when we look at at what uh, Isaiah has prophesied, he's talking about groups of people who have been under the thumb of foreign enemies that they've undergone conflict, that they have been through war, that they have been oppressed, and that they feel kind of dark. But he gives us an image, Isaiah does, of what is possible with God. The work of God is making peace. The work of God's people is to lead humanity into this peace. The first thing we see, the first thing we notice in this is there's a land that's in darkness and they're brought a great light. And even the land of the Gentiles, even the land of people who at that time were outside of God's people is going to be filled with light, the light is going to dawn on all of this. But through the working of God, through the commitment of God, oppression will cease. Especially if you look at verses two through five, it's all right there. The imagery is all present. That the the boots of the warrior, the uniforms bloodstained by war, are all going to be burned. They're all going to be obliterated. The yoke of oppression is going to be broken by God. Now, how does this happen? Well, it's not by more violence, I'll tell you that. There's a there's a song by the we're, we're going back to the 60s a couple times today. Uh, there's a song by the rock band from the 60s and, and 70s and 80s and 90s. And, and even up to now, they, they're just one of these these bands that keeps releasing music. The Who. Um, I don't know if you've heard of The Who, um, but they're they're a musical group and they had a song called Won't Get Fooled Again. And there's a, there's this big rambling guitar solo. And at the end of it, they come back in and they have this line, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. And if God comes in here to free people of, from oppression and violence by more oppression and violence, what's the difference between God and anybody else? When we see God act, God does not bring peace through violence. That's the way of the world. The world thinks that the more guns you have, the more money you have, the more bombs you have, the more peace you can create. And where has this gotten us? Nowhere. We end up fighting war after war, hoping for peace. And that's ridiculous. When we look at the power of God, the power of God is to bring peace without violence. When we see the peace of God move, oppression comes to an end. Violence comes to an end. War stops because the peace of God is not reliant on fighting. The peace of God is reliant on the presence and the commitment of God. Verse seven ends with the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies makes this happen. And God doesn't need to fight because God is God. God makes it happen. Because God has intended for it to happen. When we see the peace of God, we know that it does not come through more violence, through more antagonism, through more conflict. The peace of God comes when God moves because the presence of God brings peace. Earlier in in the book of Jeremiah in chapter six, God is present in the temple in Jeremiah or Jeremiah, Isaiah huh. had a brain freeze there for a minute in earlier in the book of Isaiah, sorry, Isaiah in chapter six is present in the temple and God is present in the temple and Isaiah can do nothing else but fall on his face in recognition of the greatness of God. When God is present, it brings peace. When God is present, we know that conflict is going to come to an end. But it's difficult to see in our world. And because it's difficult to see in our world, Jesus had to be born into our world. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When Isaiah made this prophecy, it was heard as this is going to be another king of Israel. And to some degree, Hezekiah, who you you meet later in Isaiah, Hezekiah is this type of king. Later on in, in the history of God's people, there's another king named Josiah. He fulfills this kingly role to some degree, but neither of them fulfill it completely. But there is one king who does, and he does not come as as either of the other kings. He comes from a royal lineage. He comes from the family and line of David, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the child who is born to us. Jesus is the son who is given to us. He is born into our world so that through Jesus, oppression can cease. Through Jesus, violence can stop. And I don't just mean the, the big, grand, global violence and war and things like that. I mean the violence that happens between people every day. I mean the violence that happens in Facebook comment sections. I mean the violence that happens from people who aren't paid an honest wage, and so they have to resort to crime to be able to care for their families. Because the peace of Jesus isn't just an internal good feeling that we can have. The peace of Jesus puts all conflict to rest. He is the Prince of Peace. Now, our world doesn't understand this kind of peace. Our world operates of fear a lot of times, and fear is one of the, the enemies of peace. Fear is one of the, the things that holds us as humans back from peace, because we're, we're afraid we don't have enough. We're afraid that we're going to run out. We're afraid that if we give up our conception of control, that we, we won't be able to manage our lives anymore. And peace asks us to give that up. Peace asks us to trust that God is enough, that God is going to break the oppression in our lives. And we live in a world where Jesus is Lord and Jesus reigns now and where there is peace now. We see this, I had a friend a few years ago who had listened to a sermon and who had a really rough relationship with her dad. There was a lot of hurt, there was a lot of conflict, there was a lot of unforgiveness. But she had heard a sermon about forgiveness and peace. And she took the first steps to make peace in Jesus' name with her dad. And very slowly, little by little, it didn't happen overnight, but the ice cracked and it started to melt. And pretty soon, that relationship that was shattered became whole again. That conflict was turned into peace. And her her children were able to see their grandfather again and she was able to talk to her dad again and they were able to be a part of each other's lives. This is what peace looks like. But we also know that there are times that we work very hard for peace and it just doesn't happen. We know there are times that we We put our trust in Jesus to to carry us through a conflict and it it just doesn't work out the way that we think it will. And forgiveness is withheld and and grudges go on or violence occurs and all of the things that make for, for war and trauma and hurt carry on. And we live in a world that that often when it comes to peace refuses what Jesus is offering they live in the world lives in rebellion of Jesus but friends sooner or later something is going to happen that will end this rebellion sooner or later Christ is coming back And when Jesus returns to our world, when Jesus arrives in power and glory back on this earth and completes and fulfills the kingdom right before our very eyes, and when God reigns over his people, those rods of oppression are shattered, whether they're the physical rods of oppression that make sure that, the poor don't have what they need, that people go hungry, that workers don't get an honest wage, that young men, are our young farm boys are sent off to fight rich men's wars. Those rods of oppression will be shattered. You won't need the, the boots of war or the uniforms of war anymore. We won't have use for fighter jets and tanks nor will we have use for really cruel words with each other or self-loathing. Man, that's mine. Ah, there are some days I really have to fight to admit that God loves me. But I'm getting there. But there will be a day when Jesus returns and I'll see myself the way that he sees me in perfection. And we'll be able to see each other the way that God sees us in perfection. And we will be in the presence of the wonderful counselor of the Prince of Peace. And he won't need wars or violence or anything like that to come back. He just needs peace and he makes peace. when we realize that the presence of God means peace and we can recognize that presence in our midst, we can make the peace of God. We can lead the world into the peace of God and give the world a little taste of the peace that's on its way sooner or later. We've come now to the time of the Lord's table. It's the table that Jesus prepares for us in our midst. It is the table where we recognize the presence of Jesus here so that we can recognize the presence of Jesus everywhere we go. If you are listening to this before 11.30 a.m. Pacific time on the 6th of December, 2020, We invite you to join us for Zoom Communion. Uh, If you email baptist.church at comcast.net, we would be happy to send you the Zoom link so that you can uh, join our fellowship for the Lord's Table. But otherwise, we will have a, a Lord's Table service right here on the podcast. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time. You who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. We proclaim to you a mystery that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ is coming again. Let's pray. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and cup to offer, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself, On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Take and drink. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's go once more to the Lord in prayer. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warning and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, amen. We thank you for joining us this morning for worship. We pray that as we have sung and prayed and proclaimed God's word, that you've had a sense of the love and presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love and presence of the people of God. We pray that if there is any way we can reach out to you, any way that uh, that we can be praying for you, any way that we can be caring for you, please get in touch with us. If you go to the website onebaptistchurch.org, that's the number Uh, onebaptistchurch.org. There are all of the different ways that you can get in contact with us. We would love to pray with you or care for you in any way that we're able. We'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, for leading us in song this morning. We'd like to thank Jeannie Vance for the Prelude, which was a combination of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel and the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. We'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer this morning. We'd like to thank Katie Witham for leading the First Baptist Church readers. And we'd like to thank Gary and Doreen Hunley, our audio engineers, for making everything sound good. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands.